0: Today on Blue 58, the 2019 undrafted free agent class is here. Well, sort of. It's not confirmed yet, but we sort through the reports and rumors to bring you takes on this year's group of unknown potential stars. Who's going to come out of nowhere and make the roster this year? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of Powersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for the first real post-draft episode. Episode of this year's show. And what better to do now that the draft is really over to talk about the quasi eighth round of the draft, the guys that don't get picked, but teams still want anyway, the undrafted free agents. The Packers have a long standing reputation of giving these guys a pretty fair shake, maybe more than most, uh, it seems, more years than most. At least a couple of them make the roster. But just sitting here, in the waning days of April, early May, this seems like it could be a tough year for the undrafted free agent types. Even heading into the draft, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of room for guys. It's one of the reasons I thought the Packers would look to, to maybe move up, burn a couple picks, and so they didn't have their full complement of ten guys coming in. And I think as fans, we may overrate the chances of undrafted free agent types anyway. Sure, a couple may make the roster every year, and the Packers have probably more notable examples than most, but I don't think the Packers are that much more exceptional in how they treat or use undrafted free agents. Maybe in the past, but I think they've been kind of tending away from that for a couple of years. As of this recording, we've got a dozen or so confirmed signings. Not confirmed by the Packers, though. What's probably going to happen is they're going to drop a news release with the full list of guys they've signed as soon as they're done recording. So we're going to talk about some of the guys, but not all of them. Exactly who has been signed to what kind of contract is not entirely clear. That'll become apparent with at least one guy we talk about. So we're not going to get to everybody who's been connected to the Packers for sure. There are some guys that are going to be around for rookie camp and on tryout basis. And if they end up making the roster, we'll talk about them when they do. We are going to talk about 11, 12 or so guys, though, that have been fairly firmly connected to the Packers and try to sort it out from there. Sound good? Good. Let's talk about the undrafted free agents so far. We're going to talk about each guy, give you a little bit of insight into his height and weight, and I'm going to talk to you about, well, what he reminds me of. Just looking at you know, first impressions of these guys. Starting with Nate Brooks, a cornerback at a North Texas. At six feet tall and 180 pounds, Nate Brooks reminds me of a guy whose name is so generic that you forget it pretty much instantly. What'd you say your name was? Nate? Nate Brooks? Do I know you from somewhere? No? All right. I'll try to remember. You have to come up with like a mem- uh, mnemonic device or something to keep his name in your head because Nate Brooks just is not Really lodge in your brain, but this guy might be one of the Packers' better value signings of the year. NFL Draft Scout had him as the number 29 cornerback in the cra- in the class. Some places projected him as the you know that fourth, fifth, sixth round pick type. Just okay speed, but he was relatively productive. He had six interceptions and 16 passes defensed se- as a senior, and he was a Thorpe Award. Semifinalist. Guy seems like he can play. I don't know what the competition's like at North Texas. Not great, not SEC level competition to be sure, but it seems like he got it done and he got some fairly decent recognition. Could be something there. Moving right along, my favorite name of the undrafted free agent class so far Yash Nyman, an offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. Big fella, 6'7, 324 pounds. If Nate Brooks is the guy whose name you're going to forget instantly, Yash Naiman is the guy who's going to have to explain his name forever. My name's Yash. Josh? No, Yash. Okay, Josh. No, it's Yash. And then they'll write down Josh in the form anyway. Full name is Yasua Naiman. He had some injury problems in college as a sophomore, started all of Virginia Tech's games at left tackle in 2016. 2017, he started the first eight before he missed the rest of the season with a leg injury, and then last year he started 11 games at right tackle before missing the last two with an injury. This is a guy who might actually be a little bit too big. Six foot seven's pretty up there. And that's where you start getting that waistbender trait that guys talk about when they talk about negative characteristics for offensive linemen. A guy who bends at the waist as opposed to the knee is going to have problems with flexibility, is going to have some problems probably with lateral mobility, and it's harder to generate power in the run game when you're bending at the waist as opposed to the knees because you're not really maximizing the strength you can get out of your legs if you bend at the waist. Not a good thing for an offensive lineman to do. Still, you like the pedigree of starting a lot of games. You like a guy who plays a lot. And 6'7", 324, even if it is a little on the taller side, you like the size there. And he's described as a fairly good athlete. Going back to the NFL draft scout, well, he was their number 19 tackle in this draft class. No slouch there either. Sticking on offense, let's talk about Manny Wilkins, a quarterback out of Arizona State. Could be the best athlete, one of the best athletes the Packers have signed in this undrafted free agent class. Six foot three, 200 pounds, very slightly built for a quarterback. He was 193 pounds at his pro day. He was down to 181 pounds not long before that, because he had had surgery on a torn MCL that occurred during ASU's bowl game late in the season. So he didn't run, did just a very little bit of stuff uh, at ASU's pro day, but still a very good athlete and kind of reminds me of a baseball player between the name, the build, um, just seems like a baseball kind of guy. He didn't do a lot of pre-draft stuff, like I said, but he was fairly successful in a spread offense type system in college. He once threw 192 straight passes without an interception. That said, he's not been super accurate though. His best single season completion percentage was 63.4 as a junior. Not super great. Probably not what you're going to look at. And it's tough to tell how serious the Packers are about the quarterback position. They did add some competition here with Manny Wilkins and potentially the next guy we're going to talk about, but they didn't draft anybody. So how much competition do the Packers really want here? I would say Wilkins for sure and probably their other quarterback prospect who's up next, are both more than Camp Arms, but probably not a lot more. And it wouldn't be surprising to see at least one of them get cut before training camp even starts because the Packers could be sitting at close to five quarterbacks on the roster if, if, this, if this holds. The next guy up is Taylor Cornelius, a quarterback out of Oklahoma State. This one's a little bit tough. Because this is what I was kind of referring to earlier when you're not really sure who's signed or or to what extent. Uh, Oklahoma State reported that Cornelius had signed with the Packers. His agent says it's just for a rookie camp tryout type thing. We'll have to see exactly how this sorts out. And we're at a little bit of a disadvantage. I kind of thought the Packers would have their info out by now, but this could be one of the reasons they're trying to see who gets what and where. Plus they've got their mini camp coming up this week. At six foot six, two hundred and twenty-four pounds, whether he's on the roster officially, just a tryout guy or whatever, Taylor Cornelius reminds you of a lumberjack. In fact, we're going to call him Yukon Cornelius from here on out. Seriously, though, big athletic dude, low four-seven range in the 40-yard dash at his pro day at Oklahoma State, a 38-inch vertical. You almost want to see if you could put on 20 more pounds and play tight end with numbers like that. But a good story here, a former walk-on at Oklahoma State rises to become their starting quarterback, and really a tremendous athlete everywhere he's gone, dating back to his high school career. He ran for more than 400 yards and 10 touchdowns at Oklahoma State last season. Back in high school, tremendously productive, don't even want to talk about the numbers, they almost look not real. But suffice it to say, he was a very good football player in high school. He was also All-State in baseball in high school, a regional high-jump champ. His cousin was a gold medal swimmer back at the 1996 Olympics, and he had another cousin who played in the NFL for a little while. He also graduated last May with a marketing degree, so a little bit older than some of these other guys, but still interesting player here. And he, I would say, is definitely more than a camp arm if he makes it all the way to the actual roster. Maybe not a lot more, but probably a little bit more. Moving right along, we'll jump over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about Javian Hamilton, a defensive back out of Mississippi. This one's a little bit of an odd one because the Packers gave him a signing bonus to join the team. Not a big one, but, you know, in that five, seven, ten dollars 10000 range that they do this year or this time of year every time uh, just to get some of those guys that are a little bit more on the bubble. And you wonder a little bit why because, at like I said, 5'10", 176 pounds, he kind of reminds you of the really generic Madden players that you see coming up in the draft. You know the ones you wonder if they're going to make you look silly for thinking that you should draft them at all or like a genius because he's secretly an insane athlete. He ran just over four five in the forty, not great there, but he had a thirty nine inch vertical, so that's pretty good. But he was also only a part-time player at Ole Miss, really didn't get any extensive action until he was a senior, and even then wasn't like a full-time starter or anything. He only started four games, didn't have a lot of action as a junior, then played junior college ball before that. So you're wondering a little bit what the Packers are seeing there and how he could fit into this defensive back room. Sticking on defense, let's talk about Randy Ramsey and Edge from Arkansas. Six foot four, two 236 pounds. He reminds me a little bit of a pro wrestler. You can really picture someone just announcing the heck out of his name, Randy Ramsey or something like that. Packers had a pre-draft visit with him, so they obviously thought pretty highly of him even before the draft arrived. He'll be 24 years old in, in September, so on the older end here too. Also, very interesting story. He was a Brett Bielema-era recruit at Arkansas, He joined the program in 2014, but left after his first season for academic reasons. He worked his way all the way back through his academic issues, then came back as a walk-on, had two or three more seasons in Arkansas. He's one of these athletic-type edge rushers that the Packers always seem to pick up a couple of post-draft, and why not? These are good flyer-type prospects to get. Not a super tremendous testing athlete, ran in the 4'8", 40-yard dash range, not great, but he is the very definition of a true multi-sport athlete growing up. This article from uh, Hogs Illustrated kind of illustrates that point, if I can use that word twice. Quote, along with his brother Allen, a former football player at Wake Forest, Randy Ramsey played several sports growing up, including basketball, soccer, and baseball, swimming, and running track. He even tried his hand at ice hockey for a short time, end quote. Does a little bit of everything, and he'll get a chance to, to make his mark in Green Bay this spring. Sticking on defense, even the same position type, let's talk about Greg Roberts, an edge rusher from Baylor, also got a bonus from the Packers to sign. Another big dude, six foot five, 258 pounds. He reminds me of a guy that makes you say, didn't they sign him before? No? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay, I guess not. It could be because his dad played in the NFL. Greg Roberts Sr. started 45 games for the Buccaneers from 1979 through 1982. And talk about living in your dad's shadow. His dad is mentioned twice in Roberts' Greg Roberts Jr., that is, official Baylor.com athletic profile. And the elder Roberts is mentioned before the son in the son's own NFL.com draft profile. How silly is that? Can we just talk about the guy at hand? Now, I've spent a minute talking about his dad anyway. But another big, strong, edge type. Kind of inconsistent in college, but he had tons of turnover in the defensive coaching ranks at Baylor. So not a lot of continuity there. Like a bigger, perhaps slightly less production version of Randy Ramsey here, though. You just want a a lottery pick or a lottery ticket at a position where you need a lot of guys you might as well get the big, strong types. Let's stay on defense or offense maybe with Kabyan Ento, a wide receiver, or is he from Colorado? Low six feet range for this guy. Some people have listed him as tall as 6'3". Other sites say he's only about 6'1", but he's about 190, 190 pounds. He reminds me of a Star Wars character entirely because of his name. But you want traits over production. KB and Ento is traits over production. He had just 20 catches for 335 yards and two touchdowns as a wide receiver in three seasons at Colorado. However, the Packers like his athletic traits so much, they're signing him not to play wide receiver, but to play cornerback. And he did some corner stuff at Colorado's Pro Day. He went to junior college first as well, as, as did a couple other guys that we've talked about already, and he's not super fast. He ran 4.5 in the 40-yard dash, but KB and Ento is going to absolutely jump out of whatever gym you put him in. He had a 41.5-inch vertical, and 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump. Not bad, young man. If nothing else, he should be able to jump with the uh, very tall, very athletic receivers the Packers have on the roster. Back to offense, let's talk about Davis Koppenhaver, a tight end out of Duke. He is six feet four, two 240 pounds, and he reminds me of a golfer. Yeah, Davis Love it has the name comparison there too. But Davis Koppenhaver sounds like a guy who's going to finish fourth at the Masters once and then somehow go on to make like $10 million in lifetime earnings despite you never hearing from him really again. He's just going to keep grinding out small check after small check after small check and play golf for a living forever and make a ton of money doing it. This is not that, though. He's a tight end who really doesn't seem to have done that many notable things, even at a not-super-notable football program like Duke. In fact, about the only notable thing you can find about Davis Koppenhaver is that he was catching passes for Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick in the draft, somehow, at Duke's Pro Day. Not super productive, but also very productive in odd ways. To wit, 49 catches for 431 yards in his career, but he scored 14 touchdowns, most of them as a senior. He had 14 catches for 115 yards and 7 touchdowns as a senior at Duke. He graduated with a degree in psychology about a, a year ago exactly, in 2018. Back to defense. Let's talk about Curtis Bolton, an inside linebacker out of Oklahoma. This is the more prototypical off-the-ball type linebacker, not an edge type. You're talking inside linebackers here. And in the case of Curtis Bolton, a pretty small one. He's six feet tall, 218 pounds. There's undersized for a linebacker, and then there's that. That's both short and light. He reminds me of an extremely off brand Clay Matthews because Curtis Bolton isn't just Curtis Bolton. He is Curtis Bolton the third, like Clay Matthews. Bolton the third didn't play regularly until his senior season at Oklahoma when he became a starter for the first time. And when he got to start, he was very productive about 140 tackles and four and a half sacks in a single season. For the Sooners and a pretty good athlete, too. 4 5 3, 40 yard dash, nine eleven broad jump, solid agility numbers. He says, special teamer to me all the way. Matthew Eaton, back on the offensive side of the ball, is another enormous wide receiver out of Iowa State. Six feet four inches tall, 211 pounds. He reminds me of a guy whose name you want to make into a pun but can't quite put it together. The name like Eaton, there's just something there, like Eaton defensive backs for breakfast. I don't know. You can figure it out on your own. But he is, like I said, yet another giant wide receiver from Iowa State. You've got Alan Lazard with the Packers, Hakeem Butler, and now Matthew Eaton. A four-five, yard dash guy like Hakeem Butler, like Alan Lazard. He comes across as really raw, maybe an extremely poor man's version of Hakeem Butler and just a normal poor man's version of Alan Lazard, who both of whom we've kind of described as a little bit unsophisticated as wide receivers, more athletes than receivers. Butler, though, very, very productive and a guy that would have been interesting to see in Green Bay as well. I don't know if this guy is going to get there in the short term. This seems like a project sort of signing for the Packers. Finally, let's talk about Larry Williams, an offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. Another big boy here, six foot four, three hundred and thirty pounds. That's pretty good sized even for a guard, which, which it appears that he is going to be. He reminds me of everybody's big friend named Larry. You know anybody small named Larry? Larry is a solid big guy name, other solid big guy names too, like Frank, Vern, Bruce, Chuck. Larry seems like it should be in that category too. Big injury issues with Larry Williams. Both 2016 and 2017 seasons were shortened by injury, but you like his size, and if he's got any athleticism to go with that size, he's probably a worthwhile look on your offensive line. So, among these guys, who's actually got a shot at the 53 man roster? It's a pretty short list. For guys who are actually looking to get to the special or to the 53 man roster, Boy, if we talk about those day three picks as lottery as lottery tickets, what are these guys? These are like the Mega Millions lottery tickets. The odds are very, very slim, but if you get a really good one, it's like hitting that $400 million jackpot. To me, I think there are two guys that have really good shots at the 53. And to find those, those archetypes to look at, to me, you're looking for special teams guys or guys that are too good as developmental prospects to stick on the practice squad. The first Category, I think, fits Curtis Bolton to a T. He seems like a guy you're going to stick on special teams, and he's going to be your leading special teams tackler for like six or seven years. He's athletically very similar to Ty Summers, the seventh round pick, a little bit smaller, and that could be a problem for him. If he's going to make the 53 man roster, it's probably going to be as a special teamer. The other guy I like as a shot or who has a shot to make the 53-man roster is Yash Nyman. The Packers' backup tackle spot is wide open right now. I know they talk about Billy Turner as a guy who can play guard and tackle. That's far from ideal. If he's lining up at tackle, that means something has happened to one of your two starting tackles. So now you're weakening potentially two positions by moving him from guard two-tackle. If someone can come out in training camp and show that they are capable of holding down a tackle spot with some degree of confidence, they might have a spot ready-made for them on the roster. That could be Josh Nyman. I'm not saying it's going to be, but out of this free agent group, he's one of the guys I think has a shot. Anybody else who could stick around? Well, these are going to be more developmental prospects, so probably practice squad guys. I like both of the edge rusher types as potential practice squad guys, Randy Ramsey and Greg Roberts. Those both seem like guys who could stick around to the practice squad for a while. I also like KB and Ento. The Packers know that this guy needs some time to develop. He hasn't played cornerback before, but he's a good athlete. He's got good size, and any of those three seems like a pretty good developmental option you stick them on the practice squad. You come back this time next year and say, all right, let's do this for real now. You've got a, You've had a year to figure this out at the NFL level. Let's see what you can do. There's going to be a lot of changes with this group, and there will be some names that we missed here. But I think this is a fairly good overview, albeit a quick one, of the uh, undrafted free agent class that the Packers have in Green Bay to start. After rookie minicamp, things are going to change a little bit. We'll see about that. Uh, but if there's anybody we missed, we'll circle back to it and uh, knock that out again next week after this mini camp shakes out a little bit. Thank you so much for listening. That's all I've got for you on this episode. Really appreciate everybody who takes the time to download one of our episodes and listen in. If you want to, if you liked what you've heard and want to support us, check out our support page at thepowersweep.com. That's where we keep all of our information about supporting the show. But The freest and easiest and cheapest way to support us is by leaving a review and rating on iTunes. It does help more people find the show. Don't forget to stop by and say hi in any of the ways that we have for you to reach out. Thepowersweep.com, Facebook, Twitter, email. Do whatever it takes to reach out. We do appreciate anybody who takes the time. Every bit of feedback you give us, every question you ask, every thought that you drop by helps us make Blue58 and The Power Sweep better, which helps us continue our mission of making... Packers fans, wherever they are, into smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue58.